For those of you who uh, I've not met and chatted to and uh, whose names are not in my head, I'm Martin, uh, and um, I'm one of the occasional preachers, which is fantastic. Uh, so we're going to be looking uh, at the word compassion today, um, which I will get to eventually. Uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, studying a bit of Philippians chapter 2. But before I get to that, I need to tell you about my dog walk this morning. Um, for those of us who dog walk out in the common over there, there's a glorious mixture of water. From the muddiest of the mud, to the greenest of the green, to the sparkliest, most beautiful, healthy. And my question to you is my question to me, is what kind of water are you this morning? Are you muddy? Are you stagnant? Or are you healthy? And essentially that's the question I'm asking us all this morning. What's the status of you as a person in relationship to our Lord and our world. Because my conjecture is this, the, the kind of visual image I've got as we look at this word of compassion is that what flows into us should flow out of us. And if you have that which is flowing in, flowing out, you could argue that's healthy. There's a famous moment in my married life where I took a very long, now very long-suffering wife, um, on striding edge. Do you remember it? it? Terrified you. And in the, the well of striding edge, there's red tarn. It's beautiful. Uh, has anybody ever been up to the Lake District there? Yeah, a few of you. It's absolutely stunning. This extraordinary bowl of mountain flowing into this beautiful, uh, crystal clear tarn and outflows this stream and river. That's the image I want us to have, this, the goodness of God, the majesty of God flowing into us and flowing out of us. And yet, we can get incredibly muddy, can't we? Muddy would be, there's not much coming in and there's very little going out. Kind of very closed in. Stagnant. Really quite disgusting. If my dog goes anywhere near that, we have chaos on our hands. And then there's that just dried out place. So depleted. Just so overgiven. There's nothing left. What kind of pond do you find yourself in? Let's just have a look at the text. Philippians chapter 2. It's on page 1179. I do ask you to, to grab a Bible somewhere near you if you can, if that helps you. Um, because I just want to uh, highlight a few things from the text, which um, just got me pondering. One one seven nine. I'm just going to read the first four uh, verses of chapter two. I just want to have you to have that really strong image I've just painted in your heads as I speak about this, and then I'm just going to point a few things out. Therefore, 
if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. And do uh, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Isn't it fabulous, this four verses, very compact bit of language, and just this sort of layers and layers of beauty, I think, within it. Just the flowing in bit. We're united with Christ, we're told here, verse one. We're united with Christ. We hear that quite a lot. It's kind of common language, isn't it? And I think we just need to pause and allow the weight of that to come to us afresh. You, I don't know all your names, I are united with Christ. The Lord of the universe who stepped into history, who was born, which I can't quite get my head around, inhabited Mary, was born, was vulnerable, as only a small child can be vulnerable in that scrunched up kind of small child way, grew, skinned his knees, threw rocks, ran around like a headless botset as small boys do, grew to maturity, Smoke the most extraordinary words. Went to Jerusalem as we know. Died and rose again. And we are united with him for all eternity. If nothing puts a smile on your face today, I hope that does. He chose you to be united with him. And we're told that he loves us. Because it could be that we are united with Christ, you know, shackled. In that sense of, oh my word, I've got to be with you forever. I know there's a couple up the back there about to get married. I hope in love. Because you don't want to be united with somebody not in love, do you? I hope anyway. In love. In tenderness. In beauty are we united. And that we share his spirit also. All in one verse. We're united with Christ. We're loved by Christ. And we share his spirit. All of that flows into us. And see all that we're invited to allow to flow out of us. Because, because that gift that I've just spoken about should be an encouragement, should be a comfort, should imbue in us tenderness and compassion. And that's the word that we're looking at today. 
should affect our guts. Compassion actually means that we're moved as one's innards. It, it's, it kind of changes us. As, as all of this flows in us, this, this gift should change us. Just like water flowing in tends to move stuff around, doesn't it? Has anybody seen a flood? Yeah? It's quite awesome. Water is an awesome power. It scours the land. We, we've had the privilege of being uh, somewhere near the Grand Canyon. Water is an awesome power. The gift that, that is being united with Christ, filled with his love, filled with his spirit, is supposed to change us, affect us. It's supposed to imbue in us compassion, bring us comfort and encouragement in order that, that we might do the other aspect of what it is to be compassionate. And that's the word suffer with, because there's two sort of, sort of uh, sides of the word compassion. The second is to suffer with. This is the outflow. As we look out, we are to suffer with. And what does that look like? So Paul writes, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. Doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others as above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the other. C can you hear that sense of otherness in this? The suffering with is about placing the other at the center. May they be the focus. That's truly what loving your neighbor looks like, isn't it? Let me just read that again to get that sense of it. Make my joy complete by being like-minded. Now that takes some effort. There's plenty of things around, I suspect, our conversations where I look thinking, you know, think, really? Being like-minded is about sharing that, actually having time enough to gift one another that sense of understanding to one another. Being like-minded. Same love, one in spirit and mind, and then doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, humility, Valuing others above yourselves are actually saying that the other should have the primacy. Cheering one another on. I, 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 I miss the annual meeting. I have to say with joy. I'm sorry, Richard. But after having however many years of leading annual meetings, I, and I hope, I know there was a contested election, I hope the spirit was one of cheering one another on. And actually hoping that, that, that God in his wisdom would call that he, you know, all that he needs in, into the PCC. That we would always have, you know, the, the delight of saying, let's surround ourselves with great people and not be intimidated by them. We flow in and we flow out.
Well, if you want another way of thinking about this, I think this passage invites us to hold on to Christ with all that we are and to hold on to our neighbor also. To love God with a heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That which flows in flows out. And interestingly, there's this word therefore at the beginning of the text. See, the therefore refers to the previous passage which talks about our suffering because of our being united with Christ. To have compassion is to suffer with and to hold on to God with all that we are and hold on to our neighbor takes us to a place of tension. We literally suffer with. As all that God gives us flows in and all that we seek to do in his name flows out. Now, can I say that there's two equal and opposite dangers here about and it's similar to being a muddy puddle. You see, if we hold on to God with two hands, the result is that actually it becomes all about us. This is a toddler's response. You know when a toddler holds your head like this? Yeah? And just says, look at me! Yeah? If we hold on to God with, all, with both hands, we can say it's all about you know, the experience, I want to come to worship and, and kind of get the buzz. You see, that's a toddler's response when actually you place yourself at the center. And very little flows out. Now the equal and opposite danger is what? We hold on to those whom we've been called to serve with two hands. This is a teenager's response because you think you can do it all by yourself. Yeah? And you stomp off with, I can do it. And what happens is you get utterly depleted and broken and tired and out of shape. See, we're invited to allow all that God gives us to flow in in order that we might suffer with and be full of compassion as it flows out. So what kind of puddle are you? How healthy is that journey that you find yourself in? Because the truth is, in in my life, there's been moments where my puddle's been pretty dry, pretty stagnant. And then there's moments where it's sparkling and beautiful and bright and there's that flow of pool. So what's that question doing to you? How are you doing today in that invitation to suffer with? Inspired and filled by all that God has done for you. Can I just allow the silence that we don't often allow ourselves to come upon our shoulders. We might be serenaded by a small child at the back, but that's okay. Let's just be still. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us now? 
Would you stir us and speak to us? If there's boulders in the way of that flowing in or flowing out that need to be moved, help us see them, Lord, and with your spirit begin to show them around. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others.